Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 29. 29. 29. This is a extremely special episode for us because we are going international, right? Yeah. Um, we're going international via our content. As we said before, a lot of people, um, you know, always ask us for, for stuff outside of America, so we thought this would be a good idea, and we're going to touch Mother Africa, the continent. Yeah, we got a large fan base out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So before I start, I want to shout out all of our international listeners. We are trending on the top charts in a lot of different companies, countries. Canada, South Africa, Mozambique, Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, Tanzania, Grenada, Barbados, Botswana, Jamaica, UK, um, DR, uh, the Netherlands, and Trinidad. Yeah. Did you say Tanzania? You said Tanzania, right? I think I said Tanzania. Shout out to them. So, um... Yeah, shout out to you guys, man. That we really appreciate you. You know, coming from America, coming from New York, who knew that <laughs> somebody in South Africa would be interested in our, in our conversation? But once yeah. again, that just goes to show you the power of the internet, and um, and Great Britain too. Oh yeah, Great yeah, Britain. Well, we're gonna do something in London. Yeah, that's, a lot of people from London always asking us when we come. In. That's our Toronto and London are our two biggest international markets. So, you know, that's special, but. We know everybody else. We, we and it's it's all a melting pot too. A lot most people from our listeners probably in Toronto and UK, they're immigrants in some level. Their mm-hmm. parents, you know, they come from Africa, they come from Jamaica, they come from the islands. So it's all a melting pot. It all mixes together for sure. So we have a very familiar guest, 
um, if you listen to the podcast, because he was the guest on the last podcast. <laughs> He's pitching a double hitter. He's pitching a double hitter for us. Um, first, y'all. So, welcome back. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Thanks for the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, we did a wardrobe change. The story change. was too long. We had to yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure you get two episodes. Yes, yes. All right. So, we're going to talk about Africa, right? We're going to talk about a lot of different things in Africa. But first, we're going to talk about something that started in America but reached over to Africa which is basketball, right? Sure. Basketball is a global sport. If anybody's not familiar, I played basketball my whole life. That was my original plan was going to the NBA. As most young people in our community. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So now my son has to live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on him. So, um, so, but the NBA is strategically spreading its wings across the globe, right? Mm-hmm. If you know anything about sports, you know soccer is the most dominant sport in the world. Football, or football. To the most of it's how it's how yeah, yes, exactly. American football is what they call our football. Yeah, that's the most popular sport in almost every country in the world. But basketball is catching up. It's close, probably second in, in, in a majority of the countries. Mm-hmm. It's huge in Asia. I think it's like the number one sport in in China, China. and it is the number two sport in Africa, right behind soccer or football. So the NBA decided that they're going to open a branch in Africa. Yeah, I actually wrote about this on Instagram, but um, it's gonna be NBA Africa, yeah. I, I think, think, right? Nine different countries are gonna be participating. Um, and it just shows the the spread of the game. And I, I think it goes back to, we can we can, pinpointed back to like the original dream team in 1992 hopefully our right. listeners can remember back that far it seems sure. crazy to us but like yeah 1992 when the dream team played angola and they won by like 70 something points right, but it was right. the fact that you had people from a country in africa competing with michael jordan magic johnson right. larry bird and all those greats and then fast forward right like a guy like joel Embiid, who's now an nba superstar and you know guys like serge Ibaka and right. siakam come from yeah you know a countries in Africa, you can contribute to that to that game. Of course. And it's similar yeah. to like how, like uh, Rashad was saying, like China is the number two sport there, right? right. Or, or close, maybe number one, but like the, the impact that a guy like Yao Ming has had. Of course. Right? So like you, yeah. see, you see now when, when NBA players, especially those who have uh, marketing deals, they do the season, right? And the first stop they that they have on the off season, they do a tour of China. Exactly right. Right, and then exactly now, right. you got companies like Li Ning and all these other companies signing guys because they know the global spread of it. Right, right. Like that's our export. Like whereas sports like baseball, it's played in China, but not played in other countries. Right, right. right? No. Like, and same thing with American football. They right. tried it in London, botched. Yeah, basketball is the only international American sport. Exactly, that's a fact. So you you used to work for NBA League Pass, right? That's right. Yeah, and then so you you were a part of the African launch of the NBA League Pass, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so can, you, can you talk about that? Sure, sure, sure. So I, I pay mean, y'all every, every year, man. Uh, <laughs> so NBA League Pass, for those who don't know, is like the Netflix for basketball. So obviously you can watch, if you live in New York, or let's say you live in Chicago, you basically, if you're, your local television station is only going to show you the Bulls, right? Um, and then maybe you could watch maybe a national televised game that has some other teams. But let's say you live in Chicago and you're a Rockets fan and you want to watch every game, you have to subscribe to NBA League Pass. Um, and so that's how it works in the U.S. But if people that are NBA fans internationally, they're not going to get as many games on their local television. Or they may not even, 
people can't right, record. Yeah. That's they what don't I'm kidding. Like, yeah, right? right? What national yeah, game would they get? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now you can watch all the games on your app, on your app, or your Apple TV, or your Roku, or your PlayStation. So I was on the team that was responsible for growing the digital platform, digital league pass outside the U.S. And Africa was a major focus for us. Um, and it was a growth area from a monetary st standpoint. Um, China, Australia, Canada, UK were the were the I guess the places that most of the revenue came from. But for the f I, what they saw the future growth from was was Africa. Yeah. Um, for two reasons, not only from a customer con consumption standpoint, but from a talent standpoint too. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm a huge Bulls fan, so I remember uh, Luau Deng. Right, yeah, right, and, and right. he's doing some amazing things in Africa. Right, um, but like. Funny enough, he's doing stuff with um, Nipsey's uh, partner. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Gross. Um, David, David Gross. Gross. Yeah. Shout out to David Gross. Yeah. I get him on the podcast. So, did, like, what, what was the plan? Do you, do you know, like, the NBA's plan to? Because obviously, this was planned out. Sure. Um, what was their plan to move into Africa, like, strategically? So, sure, there's, I mean, there's always been relationships. You mentioned the Angola game, but there's been NBA players from Africa since the 80s, right? So, you had. Akeem, who changed the name, oh, Hakeem yeah, yeah, yeah. Olajuwon. You had Manu Ball. Shout out to him. His son had, just got drafted. Exactly. Then you had um, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon changed his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was Akeem. There was no Hakeem. H prior to him coming to America. Right. When he went to Houston, he, they put the H on it. Right. I'm, I'm not even sure what the back shout out to the H there. count. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you had um, Dikemi Matumbo, yes. who was who, who followed uh, Manu, Patrick Manu Ball. and yeah. and uh, Manu Ball, We mentioned. Yeah. Yep. The Dikembe has some direct ties into getting the league into Africa. Right. So you know those old players always have philanthropic relationships with the league. Mm -hmm. Right. So like doing doing like you know nonprofit stuff. But in that, what happened was the league would go there and like wow like. You're from this tribe, and everybody in this tribe is six nine and seven feet. <laughs> like we can do something here, and obviously you have the visual the league being the, the you know the blackest league, right? Um, there's some visual connections there, and so they had a real lot. And then I, I think they learned a lot from the other leagues, right? For instance, the investment that the MLB Mass, uh, Major League Baseball does in Dominican Republic, does in uh, Venezuela, does in some of these other countries where there's a bunch of talent is on another level. So they're like, hey, we could do this. We we can make this whole continent our farm system. They're trying to do that right. now. That's funny you said that, Major yeah. League Baseball. They just had the Yankees and the Red Sox play in London. And everybody was like, we don't even care about baseball. Right. It's like, it's soccer or, or it's cricket. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's true. Like They're trying to spread it too. And I think maybe, and maybe this is true or not, but because of the population of Africa, like we know that majority of the population is under like 25. Exactly right. right. So there's a huge growth curve for, exactly for, right. for, for potential athletes and business people, right? Exactly so right. So a lot of people ask the question, I wasn't really 100% sure, uh, the teams, I don't know if you know or not, but the teams, like the nine teams, who's gonna be the owners of those teams, do you know? Like, um, is it people in Africa or? Yeah, so this actually, so I left the league uh, prior to this being an, uh, announced. I don't know 100% sure the full structure, but what I remember it being is a combination, like a co-ownership between the league and local partners. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, well, how do you feel personally, just your personal opinion about that? Do you feel like Africa would have been better to have their own league? Because Europe, Europe has their own leagues. Like people right. come go um, from America all the time, and Africa does have leagues. Yeah, but Nigeria specifically. It's, a, not, it's, not not on the same, it's not on the same level of Europe. So, but like the Euro League is very strong. Um, do you feel like they could have done better at just forming a league together themselves? Or do you feel like the NBA is a, is a good partnership for them? The NBA is a good partnership. Like you said, there are already leagues. Um, they just haven't really taken off to the same level. Having a, ha And also, 
there's an issue in Africa not only between a, from a sports perspective but from a business perspective where there's not too much inter country trade mm-hmm. right and so I think it would have been difficult for like a league to be cross continental and to have different things and all the ownerships being like inclusive in those specific countries yes. I think the NBA being an outside force um, for better or for worse an American western sport force and tying it together makes it uh, a lot better yeah. it, pe- people gotta visualize that right because this isn't like you're going from New York to Florida you're going from country to country so like when they have a Spanish league, right. if they're all in that country of Spain, exactly, what right. Africa's trying to do here right. is like, literally you're going to nine different right. countries. And even, you know, the the European leagues, just like the soccer leagues, they, you have the, you know, you like in soccer, you have Barcelona playing against Bayern or Real Madrid, I mean, or um, uh, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Like, traveling between those countries, like those countries are really compact, like traveling between those countries is not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they have the funds to do that. Like you can't take a train from Lagos to Accra or Lagos to to um, you know Johannesburg. Like it's 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 not the same, right? So right. I think the the level of investment that you need and the organization you would need, um, the NBA could work that out. Yeah, so that, that makes it a good partnership. And yeah. I think the African Union actually did. They just um, announced that they're going to eliminate tariffs on intercontinental trading. Mm-hmm. We wrote about that on yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah, as well. I think it's like 40 countries involved. And um, yeah, I think that's going to start next year where tariffs will be eliminated for the majority of the continent. So they're actually right. going to, hopefully, they're going to start doing more because you said like, right. you know, it's not a lot of that going on right now, yeah. but hopefully that's a step in the right direction where they can actually start to um, trade in between the continent with each other. So, all right. So now we got we got the league covered, but we're going to go into some more interesting things on the, on the continent uh, in the next segment. All right. So well, now we're going to talk about content, right? Because continent's king. We've covered content on America, um, but we haven't covered content internationally. So, Iroko. Yep. Um, can you explain that? Yeah. So, Iroko, uh, is, Iroko TV is the, is the, is the website. It's a startup that was created in 2011. Um, I worked there from 2012 through uh, almost 2015. And so what it is, is basically the Netflix of Africa. Mm. And the question is, why do you need a Netflix of Africa? It's because the third, big, the third movie, biggest movie market in the world is actually out of Nigeria. So number one is Hollywood. Number two is Bollywood. Number three is, Nol- is Nollywood. That's Nigeria, a new word. I, yeah, right? I've heard it, Nollywood. Um, it's too. huge. Um, they're, uh, it, it actually, when I, one of the years I worked there, it actually grossed about 800 million USD um, in that place. And it's a tremendous market. It's it's interesting, at least from my perspective, I might have consumed too much Western content. It's not really my thing, but the movies are being produced for like less than $10,000 wow. and in like two weeks, high volume. Wow. Um, as you can imagine, because the, mar- the movies are not uh, the highest price and the biggest budget, you're not really seeing action movies. These are like romantic movies, comedy movies, movies where you don't need special effects. But basically the way it worked is the, uh, the gentleman I work for, he's a Nigerian Brit. So he lives in London, um, travels to, Lon- to Nigeria often for, to see family or whatever. And at the time, all of the content was in DVDs. So what his mom would do is go from London to Lagos spend maybe Christmas time or whatever with their family, come back with a suitcase full of, of DVDs. He was like, well, why can't my mom consume the content the same way I do on Netflix? And so that's how the idea started. So moved back to Nigeria, 
took the took the DVD content, digitized it, also built relationships with some of the movie producers. To them, they were like, because Netflix wasn't even a big thing out there at the time. They were like, you want you want to give you want to pay me for my digital rights, and to them, they're like, I don't really know what digital rights means, but like, if you want to give me some money, it's whatever. So they he got some exclusive pretty pretty uh, cheaply, and basically took that took those that piece of content initially put it on YouTube it started blowing up and because people that emigrated outside of Africa that lived in the US UK they were able they were now able to see the latest movies without having to wait for people to send the DVDs back and then he eventually actually raised money from a US venture capitalist so that firm was actually the probably one of the first two Africa based tech firms to get US venture capital um, in 2011 and I joined them um, and op- opened up their New York office because their biggest audience, even though we, they had African content, were Africans in the U.S. Um, and so, and then it kind of grew from there. Wow. So Netflix itself, right? Um, you said it's the Netflix of Africa. Um, it doesn't exist on all continents, right? And that's one of the things they said that it, it probably potentially has some some great growth. And we, we, we documented, you know, some of its setbacks as well. But... Um, what is like the price point on a Roku TV type situation? Um, the latest price is it depends on the country, um, but the latest price is is some actually similar to, to Netflix. So they have a nine ninety nine plan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that's around uh, around six ninety nine, um, but it's actually priced in in uh, at least in Nigeria and uh, Naira, and it's very volatile. It depends on the USD exchange rate. Mm, okay. Um, but the company's since expanded. So since I, I worked there, they've done a lot of um, production. So they're actually making movies. As oh, so well. they're making now their yeah, own original content. So, yeah, and actually, okay. they, 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 as of two weeks ago, they actually ended up selling that production house to a French uh, media um, conglomerate called Canal, Canal Plus. So Canal C A N A L Plus. Wow. How so? How many countries are there in? Um, so the the Roku content is global; it's everywhere. Um, so there, when I was there, and, and and even now, there's customers in over 200 countries in the world, because um, the African diaspora is everywhere. And this was started by African, African, African yep, African and a German. So uh, so basically, two they went. So the, the a German person and a African person uh, went to school in Manchester. They met. The African person came out with the idea. And the, he co-founded it with the, the German individual. And they both moved full-time to Lagos and built it out. Ended up opening up an office in New York and London to help distribute the content. Something else was, was recently started with a German and an African, right? That went public. Yeah, uh, it's Jumia. Jumia, yeah, yeah. So That's like the, the Alibaba of Africa? Exactly. So um, there's this company called Rocket Internet, um, started by uh, German brothers. And what they do is they actually... Build, they build they build companies that are successful in the first world so Amazon back Groupon all that kind of stuff and they build it in like emerging markets where those companies are not there yet and so what they did was they looked at Alibaba slash Amazon yeah. and they decided to build it in Africa and they called it Jumia and so they're in Nigeria they're in Kenya and there's some other countries as well and so yes there there it's interesting there is there is like a, a, I guess a, a few people of German descent that build tech companies in Africa. So that's so they're literally watching the world as it's happening and saying, all right, let's go to a part of the world where it's not happening and let's build it there. Exactly. For I mean, from a kid from Queens, man, how, like your, your journey has been, 
out of this world. Like, right, right, did you right. ever have a vision like that your studies would ever take you like? No, definitely journey? not. Definitely not, man. Just kind of like uh, working in, you know, went to school. I knew I wanted to do business. Didn't know what that really meant because I didn't really have business people in my, in my my um you know my family or even around me. Haitian, right? Uh, I'm Haitian. Shout yeah, out to the yeah, Haitian yeah. massive. Yeah, man. Haitian thing is like, hey, mom's a nurse. You gonna be a doctor? That's <laughs> uh, or if you don't want to be a doctor, be a lawyer. If you're not gonna be a lawyer, be an engineer. And so this business thing is, is it was something different. And uh, study business got a was 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 fortunate to be part of an internship program called Inroads in college in college. They introduced me to Wall Street, fell in love with Wall Street. Financial crisis happened, fell out of love with Wall Street, went to school and kind of discovered tech and the world and how it was used around the world. And kind of that's kind of how I ended up working in, at this that company. A, yeah, so we talk about music. Uh, I know you had mentioned um, on the content, the musical content. Yeah. It's hot right now as far as Afrobeats. Um, it's a bunch of artists out there. WizKid. Uh, Burner Boy. Burner yeah, Boy. He just put yeah. out his album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody else has a, has a song on the radio that they keep playing all the time. Uh, that Joanna song? <laughs> Joanna is like talking. Who, who it, sings it, that? I forget the name, the title. The, the, oh God. All uh, I know is that it follows me. Every time I get in the car, it's like, right. it knows it's, I'm yeah, right, 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 it's right, on. He's right. burning up right now. I think he got a song with Casanova too. But um, yeah, can you talk about that? Da- Davido. Yeah, that's yeah, yes, yeah, yes, that's who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um back then we uh this is 2012, 2013, and so obviously being in the movie space in Nigeria, there was a close proximity to the uh, musical space, and so the CEO came up with the idea like, all right, let's come up with a company called Ira King, which we would it's basically like Spotify for Africa, um where we take that content, and so a lot of these people you talk about. We did. We were the first ones to digitize that content even back then, um, and uh, it was too early. It was too early. I mean, the company was out there, and it just the music wasn't as popular yet here. And then obviously, probably after they decided to wrap it up and focus only on music. I mean, on movies, one hundred percent. Like that's when like Wizkid was doing songs with Drake. Yeah, and it was just an early thing. And if they were if they were to kept it up. Like that company would have been something different because that you know Afrobeat is the thing, right? Right and now, for sure. Yeah. So and it's 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 crazy. I mean, because of the internet, you know, music and content and just culture is is so it's, there's no borders. Yeah. Afrobeats feels like reggae to me. It does. It's <laughs> a vibe. It's a whole vibe like yeah, that. It's a similar yeah, type of yeah. vibe. I think yeah. so. You know, I think we're all in a similar age group, like mid thirties, whatever. Growing up in New York City area, like. You couldn't go to like a party in the late '90s and early 2000s without hearing, you know, dancehall. Sean Paul. Sean Paul had his his time where he yeah. was doing songs with everybody. Then, like, I think it was a big era of like um, reggaeton. Reggaeton yeah. did right? have a moment, and now I think Afrobeat is it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody. There's always like some this this like African diaspora music that's taking taking over. For sure. Afrobeat is having this thing right now. Well, all of the music, I mean, it has roots in Africa. Of course. Um, you know, as far as the drums. Of course. And, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, it, it it's not surprising that it's popular because it's always been popular, just not, it wasn't framed in that way, right? right like, so right. like you said, it sounds like reggae, but really, probably, the reggae comes from that originally. Like, you sure, know what I'm saying? Sure. So they even like jazz and... Well, it's fluid, man, because people out there love reggae. People out there love even uh, Haitian music. Wyclef is huge over there in Africa. Like, I go, like, 
you know, I um That's why Clef's young. They they might be young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. My um, you know, my, my in laws are from Nairobi. I go over there and like I go and I listen to I I'll be at a restaurant and then the server would have a Jamaican uh wristband. I'm like, Oh, you been in Jamaica? Like, you know, I've been you know, I'm from I'm a Haitian, but I'm from Queens, so like I've always been around Jamaicans. I've been to Jamaica many times and so I was like, Oh, where you from in Jamaica? Like what are you doing here in Nairobi? And they're like, Nah, I never been to Jamaica. I just love reggae. The culture. Love, you know, that's Shout it, out to right? the culture. Yeah. The culture is huge, right? And so yeah, it's kinda gone back. So definitely I, I do believe although reggae has uh African roots, I think the Afro beats learn from reggae too. Yeah, for sure. And even uh, I mean it's all crossed because even if you, you go to Jamaica, you see a lot of um flags from Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Oh, you see yeah, a lot, yeah. see yeah. a lot of so Ethiopian see, flags. Yeah. Shout out to the Rastas out so there. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Send, so yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 all it's all connected for sure. So let me ask you this: as far as the the music scene, because we know the music is blowing up, do they have record labels in Africa, or are those artists being signed to like American labels? So they have record labels, um, but most of the people that you see successful here are they have affiliations with U.S. record labels. Yes. Um, and that's that's what's helped quite a bit. But at the time, it wasn't like that. But, um, you know, actually the individual that um, ran that division at the company I was at, he had, he left and went to Sony Music. So, like, the that at that time, they realized that it was heating up, and they started putting people on the ground to, to kind of pull that talent in and be that, uh, that in-between. Um, so, yeah, so for the most part, the view that you see now and having success, they're backed by U.S. powerhouses. So so even then, like, even at, at that venture in Iroko, your your job was to do the analytics, right? Yeah. So what, what type of things are you looking for? Like, Sure, sure. So, yeah, so it was a lot of things. So the analytics were mainly analytics that you would see on any digital platform. So I w- was responsible with looking at the website, seeing where people were coming from, um, and use that information to figure out what the best marketing campaigns were. Mm-hmm. Like, you would see if people came from Google, people came from an email, people came from Facebook. Um, I would look at also what people are doing on a website to see whether we should do things to the website that would make um, the navigation a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And then, from a content perspective, the cool thing about digital content, you could put numbers behind actually the amount of people that were playing a certain piece of content. And then I could go to the content team and they're like, all right, Drama movies are on average played 25% more on our website. Therefore, drama movies are more viable. So they would use that information to go to the negotiation table to decide what content to renew, what to buy, and et cetera. No, that's powerful. Another numbers yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about a few other things. And the question that everybody asks anytime that we post anything about Africa is, is China behind it? China's influence. So we're <laughs> right. gonna talk about China's influence in Africa a little bit. And we're gonna talk about some other things as well. So be right back with that. All right. So one of the things that everybody always comments on anytime we post anything about Africa is like, well, China's behind it. I know China, they're doing what's China's this. involvement. <laughs> da, 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 da. So anybody not familiar, China, I mean it's not just Africa, it's all over the world, yeah. right? Um Jamaica. Shout out to heavy country. heavy influence. Um China has a heavy influence in Jamaica. 
Um, and they also have a heavy influence in Africa. A lot of yeah. countries in Africa. The, the continent, they, they really have a... a China, China's been involved in Jamaica for a long time. Like yeah. the, yeah, the Jamaican sure. billionaire, Mike Lee Chin. Yeah, he's, he's half, he's half Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Chinese. It bugged me out. The first time I really... Um, I didn't really... I, I saw somebody that was Chinese, but they was talking in Jamaican accent. Right. That's why. That's why. But in it's a lot of people in Jamaica. It's a very yeah. diverse country. Yeah, right? I mean, my, my, my grandparents are Jewish. Right. You know what I mean? So like, and I, I heard somebody was Jewish. You're both of your grandparents? My my grandfather. Um, so when I when you see them on TV talk, like my my mom's last maiden name is Twari, which is a Jewish diamond company in Jamaica. Wow. So like, when I saw it on TV, it's like bugs me out. I'm like, wait, they don't look like us. They sound just like us though. Right, right. You know what I'm saying it's, it's, it's weird. Nah, it's so crazy. Weird so all right, can we talk about that China's influence in Africa? China, obviously, you know, since they kind of, um, you know, they're still communist, kind of, but over the last whatever, three or four decades, they've embraced capitalism and it's, and it's been with the aggression. Um, the the, the le- level of wealth that's being created there is, is immense. The level of trade is immense. And with that, they want to be a world player, right? Um, and th- to be a world player, you have to, you know, put stakes in other places. And they see uh, Africa as a place that's been ignored um, by the Europeans, the U.S., etc., and there's a lot of opportunity. And the way they're doing it is be, is by using um, uh, financial capital as well as human capital, right? So what they, they there's a lot of, there's a lack of infrastructure across the continent. So what they're doing, they're going to countries and they're saying, "Hey, we'll build a new highway for you. We'll build a new bridge for you. We'll build a new factory for you." Um, but you know. After we build it, you know, maybe we have to have exclusive rights to it. Maybe you know we need to do X, Y, and Z. And so, in doing that, um, they're just building everything. You know, they're you know they're having the opportunity to kind of uh, state their claim. And so, they're going into it at least from the onset of as if they're helping, which there's a level of it. But the way they're doing it, a lot of people don't agree with, it, right? Because what they do is they they're not hiring local people. Right, they bring their own people to build everything from China. Yep. Yeah, cheaper labor. Yeah, cheaper labor. Um, there's even people. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but there are people saying that they're taking prisoners from China mm. and using them as like labor in Africa. Yeah, they. they I, that's that's that's. I, I don't. I, I don't know the truth there. That's just. There, like a there's theory. a whole. It, it, there's a whole story on it on um, HBO uh, Sports. They they covered it. It right. was like pretty in detail. It was that was one of the rumors that they they uh, covered. So right. And um, you know, and you know, I think I don't want to. I don't want to like feed into like the whole Africa and nepotism and, and 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 corruption story. But there's a lot of that there. And so what they're doing is they're like sometimes they're greasing the pockets of certain politicians, and then politicians are signing things off, and and that's it. So then you have a road, you have a bridge, you have a, a something like that, just a railroad built by Chinese a hospital, a hospital, right. and and then um, you know, then after that they have ownership. Um, or they could have ownership. Some, what they might do is they may do something where they they offer they build it, they offer the financing, and they do it at like maybe a usurious interest rate to the point where the country can't pay it, and then they're stuck with it. So you know, there's a story in in Kenya that I could go into if you want. Yeah, you were going. Yeah, yeah. So Kenya recently, you know, there's a port that um, is in their uh, their uh, Mombasa, which is a huge port city in in Kenya, where. It was a port that was rebuilt, a shipping port that was rebuilt by the Chinese, and in, and part, as part of the deal, um, somehow they built it, but they lent Kenyans money to pay them for building it, 
and then KEMs <laughs> could not keep up with the the interest rates, um, and they took the port over. Um, but it, the, the what was said is it's a uh, it's temporary. Um, but you know, you know, things are not always not temporary. That's what they did in Jamaica too. Right. So they they built the the air they, they bailed the airport out, like the second largest airport in Jamaica, and it's like on a twenty year lease. Like they own it for twenty years, mm-hmm. but then they can buy it back at the twenty year mark. But it's probably something. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough for them to buy it back. <laughs> yeah, so they probably just own the airport now. Right. But in their defense, I mean, Africa has been the victim of like usurious financial transactions for a long time because you know most Africa got independent in like the 60s um, into the 70s there have been multiple dictatorships and all type of stuff and when they had when they got independent these European powers that were involved just pulled out didn't care they they, they left the, the countries in bad shape and the World Bank IMF came in and a lot of those loans were with caveats that were not great for the countries and so China's doing this, do, kind of just, kind of just stepping in that role a little bit. And to the country, they're like, at least these people are building us stuff. So like, there's positives and negatives to it. Like all things in life. Yeah. A, yeah. So and then also, like you said, I mean, it's the politicians are the ones that actually have to sign off on it. They're right. not putting a gun to anybody's head and taking the land over. So ultimately, if they are taking over Africa, it's the politicians' fault. Right. Right. You, you can't, I mean, you know, yeah. they, they're going to do what's, what's best for their country. Right, like right. Like any country would do. Right. America's right. done that for generations. Right, right. Every country would do that. But it's up to the country to say, no, all money's not good money. Right, right, right. right. You got, that country has to think long term, and the leaders have to think long term, and that's not always the case. Um, and another reason why they love Africa is because they've been building so much in, um, in China, they need materials for that, and there's materials in Africa. Yeah, every every yeah, material, yeah. Right? right? So it is the land of so natural it, resources. You know, you can't do. They realize you can't do what they did in the 1800s, 1900s. Just come here with guns yeah. and whatever. Like, all right, let's let's let me do a deal with you. I'm gonna go and build this school, build this hospital, give you buses, do whatever. And by the way, like that mining over there, like <laughs> yo, like I, I see. Can we see, get? I see, I see Belgians doing some stuff there. I see some British. Like, why don't you just like let us hold that ourselves because we are we're really your friend. So yeah, that's that you know they they're they're definitely um, being strategic about it. Yeah, it's a gold continent for a reason. You know what I mean. So in terms of like Americans of African descent, what do, what do you think long term as far as investments in the continent? Yeah, I think um, it's very very important for us to be involved. I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, like we said on the side earlier. Um, I think over fifty percent of the population in Africa is is under um, the age of twenty five. Um, I think that's I believe that's a stat. Um, that Africa is one of the Africa and Asia are the only two continents where the population is growing. Like the U.S., Europe, Japan, like these are places where people are having less and less children, so there's less and less people. Um, whereas in Africa, it's growing, so therefore, obviously, you have more talent and also more consumption. Um, obviously, this is a place where people of African descent, wherever, wherever they are, it is a, it's more of an asset, looked upon as an asset. Like it's, it's not as easy for us to just drop in Belgium or drop in Malaysia and just open up a business. But like, I'm not gonna, say, I'm not saying it's easy in Nigeria or Botswana, but it's easier, mm-hmm. right? Um, and um, I think it's just important. Like you know, we've we 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 come from that country, that continent originally. Everybody has a different story about how they ended up here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it would be, I think it's very important for us to like take take part in its resurgence. 
Now, for sure, I seen uh, Akon. He said that uh, he he encouraged all Americans, Black Americans specifically, um, to go back to Africa and take your talent, like whatever talent you have, whether it be real estate, whether it be manufacturing, construction, music, whatever, and um, establish business there. Because mm-hmm. he was like, you know, it's still a, a learning curve, but it's still learning, and uh, we might have the expertise to help out. Right. And like you say, even if you've never been, it's still a connection on a certain level. Of course. It's, it's got to be a connection for sure. So yeah, there, there was, there was, um, I was speaking to a gentleman in uh, Atlanta stop and uh, he does work in Africa and he was telling me something, this might be true or not, if you can prove like through like your ancestry.com or something like that, if there's any ties to a con- uh, country in Africa, like you can get a uh, dual citizenship within like six months. Is that true or not? I've never, like I think, well, I think Ghana, Ghana was offering uh, African-Americans, I think they still are, citizenship. Okay. It was like part of a campaign, come home, campaign that they was running. I'm pretty sure Ghana was doing that. I'm not familiar with any other country, but I know right. Ghana specifically right. was offering that, and I think they still are offering yeah. that. So, shout out to Ghana for yeah, sure. sure. We gotta go back. Like, we said that on... We gotta um, go, period. No, not go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never we went. gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta do yeah, something yeah. out there. Yeah, this new sure. wave, I, I saw on IG um, New Year's, like, they have a lot of celebrities, a lot of people going to Accra to celebrate New Year's, so... Yeah, I hear um, Emmy talking about that all the time. He spends, like, the last... Two weeks of the year in South Africa, right? Yeah, South Africa is beautiful. Yeah, I want to go out to Africa. Period. Africa's you know, beautiful. there's so many different places in Africa. Um, so yeah, we definitely got to touch it. Can we talk about uh, the M pesos? M pesa, yeah, pesa, yeah. So M pesa is um, M stands for mobile. Is La for mobile? Pesa is money in Swahili, and basically, it's mobile money. And so, you know, obviously, people use mobile money all over the globe. In the U.S., we use Venmo, we use Cash App. Um, but not to the extent they use it out there. Like the first real successful implementation of mobile money was in it was in Kenya, and um, it's something that everybody uses. It's something that um, is is it's actually that's from like 2008, like way back then. Um, people were using money to text messages to each other, and it's it's still considered the most successful implementation of mobile money. Like. You, these are people, these are, these, you know, we, we've always had financial infrastructure in the U.S. You had bank accounts, you have credit cards, etc. These are individuals that didn't even have that, but they were able to transact digitally using their phones. Now, um, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I saw it on 60 Minutes. It was crazy because they were saying that, like, how successful it was, and they were saying, like, you know, especially in a lot of the rural parts, they can't get to a bank. Even if there is a bank, they can't get to it physically. So, like, I, I forgot how much, but a large population, large part of the population was unbanked. They didn't have bank accounts, never had bank accounts. Right. So now the mobile thing, but everybody has a cell phone. Even exactly. if it's like a cheap cell phone, it's but the they still have yeah, a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made life tremendously easier when they developed that program because now everybody uses that because right. it's so easy and you don't have to use the bank. I think the guy's like a billionaire who developed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was part of that, but also it, it, it came together with a marriage between um, basically Safaricom, which is like their Verizon, like their major uh, cell phone provider, and Equity Bank, which is their major bank. So it was as if, you know, if I was to use a parallel in the U.S., it's as if Verizon and J.P. Morgan Chase came together and got along, and they they just they created this huge digital digital thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way, and because it's a it was emerging market and had less infrastructure, you had fewer players, you had fewer fewer regulatory hurdles, and it just came together seamlessly and took over. 
That's dope, man. That's powerful, man. Um, So what's your overall outlook on on, on the content? I know you've been there a lot, and and your family, half your your wife is from um, Kenya as well, and you worked in in the NBA and stuff like that on on Africa. What's your – you optimistic? I'm optimistic. Um, I think um, similar to, like, crypto, like, you know, tread carefully. Like, for instance, if the people – like, from when I initially landed – worked in Africa to now, a lot of those currencies are down, like, 50%. Right, mm. so they've, they've, uh, you know, there was a time in I would say the, you know, t- early 2010, so like 2010 to 2014, where all those currencies were booming. There was so much investment happening, but there's uh, there've been a lot of like political unrest. Um, the economies have not taken off to the level that they that people thought, and so there's been a lot of uh, there's been a bit of a pullback. Um, that being said, that's good opportunity to put money in. I just want to put all my money in. And also, I would make sure that I think it's very important for you to understand the local market, right? So, like, for instance, like, you build an app out here in the U.S., I'm building an iPhone first. Because so over there, Android is king, right? Mm. You got to know what people are going through. You have to know that, you know, one struggle we had is, like, all right, well, we, we want people to stream movies or watch games on their cell phone. In the U.S., my T-Mobile um, data plan is unlimited. Over there, people are prepaid, and the infrastructure is not even that strong. So, like, streaming those megabytes and that to even watch a game, like, you could kill somebody's whole monthly allotment yeah, of They data. watch one game and it's right, over for a month. Right, So they're more likely to wait until they could get to Wi-Fi to download something, whereas we here don't care, right? So you have to make sure, if you were to build a product for them, you have to take those things into account. No, that's dope. That's a gem. <laughs> yeah, right. man. Thank you for that information, man. We yeah. appreciate it. And we're going to try. This is actually something that um, we want to try to do uh, for every every continent. So we'll, we'll have, like, this was an Africa edition. We'll have a, a Europe edition. We'll have a South America edition. Or even different countries. Caribbean edition. Yeah, yeah. even different countries. Because I feel like it's important, A, to acknowledge that the, the, the people all over the world. And it's also important, once again, for Americans, the vast majority of our listeners are Americans, but you gotta expand your mind. You gotta see the world for what it is. You gotta see bigger than just your neighborhood and your city. It's, it's tough. A lot of times we get so bogged down in our day-to-day life that we don't see past our 10-mile radius or even two-mile radius. It's like we just worry about where we're at, but the world moves quick, yeah. and and you know business is done all over the world and, and just people you know it's, it's good to experience different cultures and know what's going on outside of your just your, your neighborhood so if we could be that window of the world and, and bring people that are knowledgeable about you know different areas in the world and actually travel to those places as well that's one thing we're going to do yeah. you know we, we're on tour right now hitting different cities in america but we're going to eventually we're going to go overseas as well. Yeah. We're going to go to these, these places and actually talk to people in those actual countries as well. Hopefully we can bring some alumni with us. Yeah, now so you're you, you alumni now. Yo, yeah, 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 for, sure, for, sure, for sure, for sure. So once again, if you got any opportunities, speaking engagements, feel free to hit us up. Um, email us is the best, but email, DM us. We open it to traveling domestically and internationally. We're going to be on a college tour this fall. We're going to hit a couple of colleges. We'll be announcing that pretty soon. So, um, yeah, we're going to try to spread the word of financial literacy and education all over the world, every language, every population. As I said, it's not something that's just limited to, to one community. It's for every every community, world, yeah. mankind. That's that's the kind of vision that, that we're looking at all over the world. Um, so, once again, thank you. Can you tell the people... Your information, how to how to reach you? Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This is fun. Um, I uh, you find me on Twitter, 
um, as well as uh, IG. It's uh, Fritz Chain, so F-R-I-T-Z-C-H-A-I-N. Um, my name Fritz Charles on LinkedIn. You can add me, um, and that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always my you know my DMs are open. I'm always willing to chat with people, learn from people. And what's your, what's your podcast too? It's called Coin Gamma. Coin so Gamma. yeah, we talk about crypto, crypto yeah, blockchain. Yeah. Forty eight episodes in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we talk about crypto blockchain. We we interview some of the biggest leaders in the space. We just talk about the different trends. It's always something new going on right now. It's about Facebook. So. Next week about it'll be about something different. Oh, you're talking about Libra. Yeah, Libra. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, the, um, check me out and uh, definitely appreciate your time for yeah, support. That nah, nah, thank you for coming, Troy. Yeah, Patreon out. community. Yeah, our, our Patreon community it always grows. Um, so thank you to everybody that's been supporting. You know, that's our proud to pay uh, program. Um, again, rest in peace to Nip. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Brenda. She's a, a, a one of our patrons from um, California. She's trying to link the dots so we can come out to Oakland. So shout out to Brenda um, and everybody that's joined. Like I said, you can join at any tier. There's about there's five of them, um, but the more you support that, the more we're going to be able to do things like travel um, internationally and domestically. So c- continue to support that. We got some new merch. Um, if you was on Instagram, you, you saw the EYL University. Um, that's coming soon. Um, so be on the lookout for that and some more some more other things that we got. We're gonna put on that on the website as well. Yeah, Actually, yeah. the website we about to redesign. Yeah, about to redesign the website. Yeah. Digital brands with a Z. Shout out to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the merch, yes. Don't forget the merch. Um, the merch is another way to support the podcast. So we have merch up right now, earnyourleisure.com. We're putting new merch up. And we make we make statements with our clothes, and we complain a lot about designers that, you know, are openly racist. And, you know, we still wear the clothes. So right. it's <laughs> like, why not wear something that, you know, is, is a, a, it says something. Like, all of our clothes say something that, you know, is financially related and also, um, you know, it's from the culture. So that's a way to support. And then we're on tour, as I mentioned previously, we, we, we hit, LA was the first stop. We're doing like these network meet and greets. LA was the first stop, it was crazy. And then we did Brooklyn, Brooklyn was really crazy. And then Atlanta, Atlanta was even more crazy. <laughs> so we just gonna keep the momentum going. Um, I think the next stop that we gonna do is Houston. H-Town. Shout out to H-Town. Um, so H-Town, man, we, we need y'all to show your love. We gonna announce that soon. Yeah, we try to make it to the ranch, y'all. So like, y'all yeah, gotta help us get there. Yeah, Jay Prince, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Lil Kiki, what's up? Don Key, that's my guy. We got a lot of good people that we connected with in, in Houston. So I, I've never been to Texas, so I'm looking forward to going to Houston for sure. And then we'll probably do DMV, um, Philly, too. But if you want us to come to your city, I know Chicago, we're kind of on the cusp with that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been hitting us about Chicago, but let us know. Let us know where we, where we need to go. And the purpose of these networking events is just to bring people together and to meet new people and meet us, meet some of the EYL alumni, but more importantly, meet people in your city, exchange information, discuss business ideas. You never know who your next business partner might be. Yeah. You never know who you can make money with, buy a home with, do different things of that nature. So relationships are very important. And a lot of times we, we don't fully understand that. So that's the whole point of, of these network meet and greets that we're doing. And uh, my book tip of the week is uh, Howard French is the author and the name of the book is China's Second Continent. It's about Africa, uh, China's influence in Africa. Uh, fitting since we talked about that. So um, that's a good book. Uh, Highly suggest it. Recommend it. Um, So yes, thank you guys for rocking with us and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.